Was that Vince Neil in 2021 or Bob Dylan singing Motley Crue? The world may never know. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox. Bibbidi bobbidi booyah. What's your favorite Halloween memory? Mine would have to probably be, I was with my best friend, I was probably age 8, 9, 10, maybe. I think I dressed up as like Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons from Kiss. Under those little masks, especially back then, it's like, oh God, you're sweaty and you're smelling your own breath and it's nasty. I made quite the haul, me and my friends. We, we had a bunch of candy. Sugar coma kicked in after a while, but we also started watching uh, the very first Friday the 13th movie this is like what 1980 on pay-per-view tv back then they had these satellite pay-per-view services called preview or view you have to be like in your 40s or 50s to remember that but it wasn't cable and it wasn't satellite it was somewhere in between it's kind of weird so people would have to put these funky looking proprietary antennas on the top of their house i eventually learned kevin bacon you know getting stabbed through the throat and the guy that directed it sean cunningham he went to what i would eventually go to as my college university of north texas i think he went on to direct deep star six which was god awful but then again maybe friday the 13th doesn't exactly hold up maybe that's god awful too and just you watch things in a bubble and they're fantastic. And then years later, you revisit them. And it's like, man, was I on drugs? Anyway, check it on the Twitter at Boombox Pod. Midas says his favorite Halloween memory is the guy down the road made grab bags for the first 50 trick-or-treaters. A small toy, full-size candy bar, and a soda. And after the first year, word spread in his house was Halloween Central. He moved... And the new person had no idea why he had lines down the street on Halloween. <laughs> That's not Halloween Central. It's that Diabetes Central. Anthony Deadman says dressing up as Mario at my high school and doing a Mario impersonation the whole time with fellow students freaking out over how accurate they thought it was at the time. <laughs> Danny Tromboni says when I was three years old, I will never forget watching the first episode of X-Men the Animated Series on Halloween night. Alora Mallet says, I remember when it snowed on Halloween in 2011 and when I was the pink Turbo Ranger when I was a kid for Halloween and got complimented on my costume. Sonic X 796 says, my dad, who is retired from the army, told us how he scared individuals dressed as Jason Voorhees by standing perfectly still. This is back somewhere in 2008, 2009, 2010, where we used to live in Gloucester, Virginia. Well, right around then, the, the remake of Friday the 13th came out. So was this old school or new school? Jason. Hurricane Sawen, the actual pronunciation of Sam Hain. Favorite Halloween memory. I repeatedly try to murder a woman who may or may not be my sister while wearing the face of a famous actor. Uh, I see what you did there. And finally, Hyatt Zack says, I butchered a teddy bear to make ears and a tail for a Fox McCloud costume. Connor McCloud from the Clan McCloud. There can be only one. It's not a dress, it's a kilt. Sicko. Sorry, I'm mixing matching movies now. New question of the week. What did you think of Dune? The hotly anticipated Denis Villeneuve version is a hit at theaters and HBO Max, so much that part two is greenlit for a 2023 release. I remember seeing the David Lynch version on opening day in theaters in 1984, and all these years I've loved it as a huge cinematic train wreck. 
Beautiful design, visuals, aesthetic, awesome score by Toto. I bless the rains down in Africa. Mixed with horrible overacting from a mostly veteran cast and a brand new bushy-tailed Kyle MacLachlan as Paul Atreides. They tried way too hard to squeeze that book into one movie, and even with the extended cut that David Lynch disavowed, it's still a horrible mess, but it's so much fun. That version is burned so hard into my brain that I found myself constantly comparing how certain scenes or dialogue played out against this new version. And my initial thoughts is that the new Dune is a little underwhelming. But the more I sit on it, I think it was what it exactly needed to be. It couldn't be farther from the Lynch version. And it works. It, it works with a top-notch cast, amazing visuals and cinematography. I mean, there's just beautiful shots that would just look like great artwork hanging on the wall. It's got a, a, a very well-written script that makes that dense world-building more palatable for mainstream audiences. Not a lot of laughs, but there isn't in the source material either. So The ending didn't bug me because I've known for a few years it would be split into two movies. And actually where they split it is about halfway in the book, and it's a really good cutoff point. Now, it's not as fun as the Lynch version is as unintentional camp, but it is a serious and faithful epic. It's immersive. It probably could stand to be tightened up a little more. Would I be happy spending more time in this world? Definitely. I think it's growing on me. I watched the original countless times back in the day. I had no interest in watching the sci-fi channel version, and I imagine that this new Dune will be totally rewatchable as well. So did you venture out into the zombie apocalypse to see Dune in IMAX or at any theater screen? Or did you just fire it up like I did on HBO Max at home or even on your phone or tablet? If you did that, shame on you. You need to at least watch it on a much bigger screen, even if it is at home, preferably with a surround sound system. At Boombox Pod for your thoughts on Dune. You either love it or hate it. Candy corn. I love it. But Ferrara Candy wasn't loving that their company was the target of a ransomware attack. They are responsible for 85% of candy corn production in the U.S. As their systems are currently being restored, they assure the public that there is plenty of the product already in store shelves for Halloween. The hackers really need to concentrate their energy towards something else positive, like ensuring Christmas decorations aren't ever allowed to be for sale this early. Oh God, it's Mariah Carey dressed as Santa. Run! What would be the first thing you'd do if you got a huge COVID bailout loan? Catch up on your bills and rent and maybe stock up on groceries? Vinath Otismine, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It sounds like a Star Wars name or something out of Dune. This guy had other plans after he falsified his application for an economic relief loan and was somehow magically approved for $80,000 for his supposedly ailing small business. He fudged numbers on that application, and he ended up blowing nearly 58000 on a, wait for it, Pokemon card. Not a car, card. Unclear on which one, though would it really matter? If Otis Mine is convicted on this one count of wire fraud, he could face up to 20 years in jail and up to $250,000 in fines. Whoa, 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 whoa. Conspiracy coming through. Oh, God, what do you want? I just wanted to say, that guy's a Pokemoron. Yes. Prison, I choose you. Uh, uh, exactly. This guy's a total Jokemon. <laughs> All right, in the segment. Oh, in this, you scrote. And now, 10 Second Theater presents Dune. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. What do you mean there's cocaine in it? <sighs> there's a giant butthole coming right at us. Woo! Bring on part two! 
You know how a typical horror trope is having a bunch of one-dimensional, annoying, obnoxious characters becoming fodder for the killer or ghost or demons? If you find yourself suffering a lot of that, and there's a lot out there to be suffered, might I suggest Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass? It's on Netflix. It's a miniseries like Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor, which Mike Flanagan also created. And this one delves into a... I've never seen that kind of thing before, territory. It's not evil versus good per se, but instead there's this vibe of everyone thinks they're doing the right thing. Uh, Tiny Island is home to a peaceful community of characters that have a lot of emotional baggage to process. And there's this priest at the local church. There's miracles that start happening. But what's really going on under the surface here? It's not particularly uh, on a spiritual up and up. The particular entities, I won't get into specifics, so I want to avoid spoilers. The particular entities have not been portrayed the, the way that I see them portrayed here. There are definite creepy moments and some gore, but not enough to say gore hounds would just be satisfied. Because no, no, no. Midnight Mass is more of a fleshed out, pardon the pun, character study. It's a slow burn. And instead of a buildup of tension, I feel like it's more about the catharsis. You'll see what I mean once you see it. Every episode has multiple characters breaking into a powerful and emotional monologue. If uh, that sounds boring to you, then, then keep scrolling on your cue. But if you want to see some fantastic writing and fantastic acting, man, the cast just knocks it out of the park. It's some of the best interactions I've ever seen in the genre. Now, some of the sequences go on too long. Like, you know, a lot of it is set in this church and there's a lot of singing of hymns and the ceremony of mass and all that, hence the name Midnight Mass. But overall, the writing and the direction and again, the perspective makes this story stand out. And I heartily recommend Midnight Mass. Well, that's all for this week on the Intergalactic Boombox. Oh, thank Meepsor. We got better things to do than listen to you talk to yourself. Yeah, we got a pretty full schedule, man. Gets, shiggles. What do you guys have to do exactly? Oh, we flip houses. Oh, really? Yeah, literally. I take my tentacles, dig in around the perimeter, and hurl it up in the air. You make a lot of money at that? No, but we make a lot of people mad. <laughs> so glad I asked. Remember, folks, the best way out is always through. Unless it's an Irish goodbye, then it's the way where nobody notices you left. Until next time, I'll see you on the flippity-floppity. <laughs>